Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, Ravens lose to the Steelers uh, 17 to 10. Very interesting day, particularly on offense. Um, Can't really say much about the defense. I thought that they did as well as they could have for as long as they could. Um, To me, this is definitely a bad offensive outing, a bad coaching outing, and I think that that's where it lies. So when you looked at this game, uh, how did you view it? And then we can break it down from there. Ugly. Ugly. That's a a real good word right there. And we're used to seeing the Ravens and Steelers play ugly games. Like that's nothing new. But this, they, they, their style of ugly, at least, is has a winning formula to it, right? When the Ravens are when the Ravens ugly a game up, it usually goes their way. Same for the Steelers. But every time these two teams get together, um, it, it it's like who can out ugly the other. And yesterday was more so like it was like I said, it wasn't even good ugly. I could take some of the ugly games that we see from the Ravens because they usually find a way to win those. But in that game against the Steelers, they just look like a team. It, it looked very similar to the Colts game. It just looked like a team that did not want to win. Honestly, Thank you. It looked it just looked I'm gonna like get back team. to that in a minute. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, it, it, they just look like they did everything in their power to hand the game away. And, oh, my God, I mean, where do I start? I mean, you brought up the offense. Let's go there. Um, T.J. Watt has himself a day, which we expected with Makari on the right side. I figured we see Falele at some point in the game, whether it was due to injury or performance or whatever. Turns out we did get Falele uh, over there. And inconsistent, but it is what it is. It's a backup, young tackle um, going up, going up against a premier pass rusher, and then on the other side, what kills me is you've got your all-pro tackle over there. Granted, it's his first game back, but this is what you're paying him for, and it's not like he's 
matched up against TJ Watt the entire game. I mean, Alex Highsmith is a is a good pass rusher in his own right, but he's not TJ Watt. You expect your all pro tackle to win those matchups over there. Lamar was under under duress all day, all day. I mean, every time I'm granted, you know, I, I had to I had a show yesterday uh, at one o'clock live from Pickles uh, getting ready for the uh, Orioles game. So we're watching the game outside of Pickles. So I'm not watching it the way that I normally do. You know, it's a lot going on. But I swear, every time I looked up at the TV, I'm either seeing Lamar get hit. Or I'm seeing somebody drop a pass, or I'm just seeing a play go backwards, or I'm just seeing a mistake. It was just crazy. It it was like, it was just bad play after bad play. They were just compounding each other. And then when you mix that with the horrendous, horrendous play calling from Todd Monken in that game, I thought some of the play calling was so bad, especially late, where they get the turnover right off of the uh off of the punt. The special teams punt, yeah. yeah. They get the turnover. Your first play, your first play goes to Gus. Okay, he gets you three yards to the four yard line, and then from there they take Gus off the field, and they and they go empty, and they all of a sudden turn into the Chiefs. And I guess this is where <laughs> I have to be careful what I ask for, right? Because mm-hmm. I've asked for more creativity. I've asked for creativity in the red zone, but my God, go to your bread and butter. Lamar Jackson scored two touchdowns just a week ago mm-hmm. in the red zone. And yet where was all of that? I gave yep. Todd Munkin a ton of credit last week for going to those quarterback design runs in the red zone and not wasting time going to them early and 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 they and they worked. And this week it was like they were trying to outsmart themselves. That the shovel pass to Mark Andrews that goes nowhere. And then they call the play that I hate the most in the NFL, which is the goal line fade. I just don't uh, there are about two teams that can successfully run that play when almost whenever they want. It, it's really only about two. And I would say uh, Jalen Hurts to AJ Brown is about is probably one of them, and anybody throwing it to Devontae Adams in that situation is probably going to win it as well. Other than that, I don't. I, I hate it. I hate goal line fades. And then Lamar throws a horrible ball. If you're going to throw the fade, you can't throw it inside. You you cannot throw it inside. You have to throw it outside. Either your receiver gets it or it's going out of bounds. But that's a terrible play call in itself. They shouldn't have even been there. What about going into halftime where you have the blunder on fourth and two? Why are they eat? Why is the offense even on the field? Why are they even we've seen them trot Justin Tucker out there for these 50 plus yard field goals all re- twice this season? And yet here that you wasn't are. even gonna be a 50 plus yard field goal, I, mean, I don't think. It wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, it was and gonna be inside, so, yeah, it was gonna be inside the 50. So. And, and that and that's why I'm just it's such a head scratching move for me. If you're further away, you're you're without without a doubt send Tucker out there. But when it's an easier field goal. You're playing around. You're sending the yard, even if it was to try to get them to jump and see if you could get the fo- the first down. Okay, but when that doesn't work out, then it becomes a situation where fingers are going to be pointed at John Harbaugh because that's his call. 
I understand Tyler Linderbaum making a mistake right there. But when you send the offense back out there, you open up the door for mistakes like that to happen. It's like Miami on Saturday, not taking a knee, fumbling, and then losing the game. You, 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 as the head coach, you put them in a position for that mistake to happen. So I look at this the exact same way. I, I just I just feel like this is a Ravens team that is content right now on beating themselves, no matter who they play. I mean, they, they played a couple of good games, but for the most part, I don't recognize this team. We're five games in. I don't see an offense that has an identity whatsoever. One week they act like they want to run the ball. The next week they want to throw it all over the place. It was when Tom Munkin got here, he said it was all about being able to do both things well when they had to do it. And right now, I mean, I can't put the drops on him. The drops are just on those guys. I mean, and coming into the game, the Ravens didn't even have a drop all year. So I don't really know how much stock to put into that game against the Steelers where they're dropping all those passes because it hasn't been who they who they've been to this point in the year. But that was bad uh, on Sunday. So um, I, I, I'm with you on all of those mistakes, everything that you said. I, you know, Lamar, I don't even know. Odell had no separation there. So I don't even yeah. know why you felt like you still needed to throw that pass. I would have just thrown it away because now you've taken yourself out of the situation. And they moved down the field and scored as a result. Um, I, back to your point about this looks like the Colts game. And, and I'm going to say something that is unpopular. And that's okay because, you know, um, everything is not going to be what we, what we all agree on. But um, too many people have decided to invest that this rivalry is what made this game look the way that it did yesterday. And I vehemently disagree with that. I do not think that this rivalry is the same. Lamar has only put, this was only what his fourth game in this rivalry to begin with. Um, so it's not like he has vested hours or games into this rivalry um the Colts game you can't tell me this is what this rivalry looks like when two weeks ago they did the exact same thing mm -hmm. against a non-divisional um, opponent so um I, I I I heard too much talk about oh well this always happens Ravens Steelers hey that's not what this was yesterday what happened yesterday is a team um <clears throat> under uh performed um, particularly from a head coaching perspective, particularly from a just general coaching perspective, and particularly from an offensive perspective, and they did not capitalize because clearly they were the better team. When you look at the Steelers, they have a couple of really good players, obviously. T.J. Watt, we know, was phenomenal. Um, uh, Highsmith is a guy that you got to be concerned about. And then everybody else is average or good. And I'm just being completely honest here. Everybody else on that team, outside of a couple of players, is average or good. And they have a couple of great players. The Ravens have are a much quality team in terms of overall. They played like it. You saw, I mean, literally the Ravens stopped themselves. The Steelers did nothing to stop the Ravens except the Ravens did that for them they didn't have to right because um according to our guy Jonas Schaefer with the Baltimore banner um he mentioned that the, the there was seven drop passes in that game and I actually counted eight um they only counted 
for Rashad Bateman dropping the ball once, but I saw two drop passes for Rashad Bateman. So that's eight drop passes. That's nasty business. And all of those drop passes were in the absolute worst times, right? You had Mark Andrews drop a pass in the end zone. You had Rashad Bateman drop a pass in the end zone. You know, you had um, Zay Flowers falling to a ground to the ground, which is it looks like a surefire touchdown if he's mm-hmm. able to catch that in stride because there's really nobody around him, right? Um, you got, you know, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who has really been well, played well this year. Let a ball just slip through his hands. Um, so I just don't understand, you know, why we're trying to put this on the rivalry when really this offense has stopped themselves. And like you said, the play calling stopped themselves. And it's something that we saw in the Colts game because you already mentioned like, I don't understand why you wouldn't use Lamar's legs. Well, in overtime, they decided not to use Lamar's mm-hmm. legs either, and that essentially cost them the game. And you would think that you would learn from that, and they didn't learn from that. So I don't understand, too, why on third down, maybe you just spread them out a little bit. And so what if you thought that the Steelers was going to um, figure that out? you got to try it anyway. You're Lamar Jackson. I don't understand why you don't make that attempt why you felt like it was necessary to be aggressive there and try to throw a fade into the end zone. You didn't have to do that. So there was points that were left on the board that we already talked about. There was the three, there was, there was, should have been four more points that was added from the two drop passes that we saw in touchdowns. There was the three points that should have been added for the fourth down that, that Linda Baum said that he, you know, messed up. That should have been a field goal. And then it should have been them playing a little bit more conservatively right there on third down. That would have probably led to at least three points at minimum. So that's 10 points. I just told you 10 points. I just told you that should have been 20 points to this game. And instead we're talking about, Oh, how this is a robbery. No, the Steelers did nothing (laughs) to win this game. The Ravens did everything to lose this game. And that's what we saw in Sunday's game. The score was 10 to 5 for what felt like an eternity. <laughs> like, come on, man. 10 to 5. What are we? I mean, what, I, I, I didn't even know what was going on out there. That was just horrible football. Um, And to be I, I'm watching the game, Lamar looked as frustrated. I, I haven't seen Lamar that frustrated in a game probably since that Thursday night game in Miami a couple years ago. And he should have been. He should have. And he, and he can't be absolved, right? But overall, Lamar yeah. did what he was supposed to do. And I don't know what left. You, you know, even the strip sack fumble at the end of the game. Hey, man, Ronnie Stanley. You Come got on. He's Come got, on, he got beat off the snap. He I mean, snap you got beat. And so I'm not even putting that on him. He's thinking he's protected by his best player oh, on the offensive line, and he got beat. So uh, I'm giving Lamar one little blip out of a whole bunch of problems yeah. here from guys that get paid a lot of money to uh-huh. catch passes at this yeah. point. I mean, where's Odell Beckham? <laughs> I mean, I I, 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 I got to I gotta bring some smoke his way. Because I I I've talked him up all all off season, right? I talked him up all camp. He did, and and I still stand by that. You know, he had a great camp. In camp, he looked like the best wide receiver. Right now, I have to say Zay Flowers is probably the best wide receiver that the Ravens have on their team right now. Uh, but looking at Odell, I mean, a he he hasn't been available to them. Two catches for thirteen yards in the game 
on Sunday. He leaves the game at one point due to injury as well. He just has not been borderline. He hasn't been anything for the Ravens this year. I mean, let's just call it like it is. He, he hasn't been there for them. He hasn't been there for them. Even when he's been on the field, he's been a ghost. He's been a ghost. He was brought here to kind of be that veteran presence to help Lamar out. And, and I don't, I don't, I was about to, I was about to go down a, a previous road, which is useless. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to save my breath and not even do that. Why not? Go ahead. Because it's hindsight is, is, is totally different. Okay. This is why I was more on the, on the page of, if you're going to go out, yeah, if you're going to go out and get a veteran type of receiver, like it, I said this at the time too. Yes. The Ravens, uh, uh, they put more into the wide receiver room this year. Without question, they have definitely gotten better as a wide receiver unit. I give them credit for that. But even still, it just seems like if they're going when when they're going to go and make a splash, they're going to do it with a, a little bit of salt. Like they, yeah, we'll we'll go get a big name wide receiver, but it's going to be the guy that didn't play last year, a guy that's got a crazy injury history. That's not, not DeAndre Hopkins, not the guy that, okay, is also on the back end of his career, but is at least there for you. It's going to, you talk about how many times is D-Hop dropping past? I mean, come on. Even well, he, he's known to be a guy that pretty much can catch any hands in the, in the league. league. He's got, he's yeah. got some of the best hands in the league. And I, I just, I just feel like they would have gotten, I mean, granted, after the Odell signing, sure, Lamar ends up signing. Maybe for the Ravens, they feel like they got their money's worth with that. But I would make the argument that D-Hop could have done the exact same thing. You go and sign D-Hop, I still think that gets Lamar to sign. I mean, he just signed for with a guy after you signed a guy that didn't even play last year. I mean, yep. why would he not do it for D-Hop, who apparently was who was a guy that he asked for as well? So. I, I didn't. I don't want to go too far down that road, but it, it Odell's been disappointed to this point. I mean, and it's still early. It's still time to turn it around. Bateman, that was so disappointing to see him drop the passes that he did because I know just from talking to him that he has been waiting for his opportunities. He is yeah. feeling like his opportunity is coming, and he got chances. He's been winning last week. They missed him on a couple of those hitch and go routes that he was winning down the field, but they weren't throwing him the ball. This week they find him when he's open. He's beating one on one coverage, and and he he just he just doesn't make the play. And I see deactivates his Twitter. Look, the dude the dude has gone through some. His his mental is very important to him. Yeah. So I don't I, I really don't mind him or any other player that decides that they want to deactivate Twitter because there's a lot of clowns on the internet who have never touched a football field in their life. that got a lot to say about these dudes making mistakes on Sunday. There's a reason they're playing on Sunday and we're sitting here talking about them playing. You know what I'm saying? I, right. I can definitely keep it in perspective. So whatever it takes for him to keep his mental in check, I'm all for it. He doesn't need to be on Twitter, whatever keeps him happy. But at the end of the day, him and all the rest of these guys have got to play better than what they're playing. And I'm not absolving Lamar from any blame. We already talked about him throwing that horrible pick in the end zone, but it's kind of tough to nitpick him. Outside of that, I do think Lamar was 
hesitant to take off a couple of times in the pocket. And I do, I, I saw. And I don't know, blame them, right? The, the, pocket's right caving in. the pocket's caving in on them a lot. I just felt like, all right, I've been, if, if you've been hit quite a few times already, start to get out of there, man. Get, get out of there. I, I just felt like he was hanging around in the pocket a little too long. I agree. Um, and, and and back to Rashad Bateman, we know that he's dealt with some loss this year. He lost exactly. his grandmother and, right. and, and a, a friend. So he's probably, like you said, protecting his mental health, right? And I'm sure that nobody is harder on Rashad Bateman's play right now mm -hmm. than Rashad Bateman, you know? So he doesn't necessarily need it from us. And I understand that as fans, you complain, and that's completely okay. But I agree with you. Some of this is very excessive. At the end of the day, these guys are human beings, and I think we got to be a little bit more graceful when it comes to that. Yes, they were egregious drops, and that's fair to say. Well, um, but I don't think that um, just because he's not uh, above criticism doesn't mean that you don't have to go over, that you have to go overboard right. in terms of how you critique him or anybody else, mm -hmm. for that matter. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I definitely think though this was an eye-opening situation for this uh group this offensive group um I, I i would like to think that they will learn from some things and that includes todd monkey but i'm not so sure because again i feel like this is exactly what we saw just two weeks ago so you're starting to wonder if it's like oh it's just a mistake but that but we're going to get it together we're going to get it together and for the most part while i didn't have a, a much of an issue with monkey's um play calling there were times where i just was like i don't understand you know, that situation. But another thing too, Cordell, is that, look, I love uh, John Harbaugh. I am not a person that's like, oh, you got to fire Harbaugh. Not that it's ma going to matter. Harbaugh is going to leave when he wants to leave. The mm -hmm. Ravens are never, they're never going to fire him, right? And I, I just think that that's the, I think what will happen is Harbaugh will resign and get a front office job and continue to be a Raven. Um, and then they'll just plug in someone else, mm -hmm. right? Ultimately, but I, I, this is the second time that we've heard about communication being an issue. And the first one was in the Colts game about mm -hmm. the um, the safety punt for, for the punt, right? Having Zay up back there and he he waves fair catch, and that was an issue. And then the Tyler Lindemann thing. You're the head coach. Why is the communication not understanding? And look, I understand that Lindemann felt that way, but. Well, he felt like it was an offside, I understand. But ultimately, I'm with you, Cordell. I, I, I know the logic behind it because it was fourth and two. You, you're going to try to get them to jump. Right. But you're also on the road. And the points at that point matter more than anything. And I don't understand why you just don't take the three and trying to, you know, do too much. So I don't understand how we're still having these talks about, oh, the communication wasn't there, I, you know, da, 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 and, and we're having these problems. What are you going to do to tighten these things up as the head coach? That is the question. I mean, because my, my problem. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Because because you, I, and, and just to end my point is like you're the one responsible for this. Right. So what are you going to do about it? Right. Back to you. And and even to that, I just felt like they didn't look ready to play. And it's not very often that I say that about Raven about a Ravens team, but they just did not look ready to play. And of all games, going to Pittsburgh. You know, it, it it just seemed like it was a lot of times in that game where maybe if the Ravens get one more field goal, the game is over. Like I said, it was 10 to 5 forever. The Steelers couldn't do anything. Could have been 13 to 3 going into the half, but hey. Like, come on. Hey, you really could have put the game away early just by going up two scores, but you kept it the one score game 
for the majority of the game, and that just gave them hope. And look, I, I mean, we we beat the offense up. I, the defense, look, I it's tough to say much about the defense. It, it honestly is. I mean, they they did their thing outside of the fourth quarter. You give up the fourteen points. A lot of that is in large part due to what the offense was doing, giving them the ball, turning it over. Um, but you, look, yes, you'd like to see the defense in crunch time be able to finish the game. They played so well throughout the game that I feel like they had earned the right to go out there and seal the game for their team, and they just weren't able to do it. They just weren't able to do it. And some of that is just, look, this is the NFL. You're only going to get but so many chances to put a team away, and you keep giving them these extra lifelines. Eventually, they're going to cash in. And and I guess the biggest thing for me is that I don't know what Mike McDonald was doing on that all-out blitz. Oh, that was very oh, wink esque. Oh, let's talk about it, baby. That, that was very that, wink esque. And not to, even leave, that. To, to to leave your corner that just got back. That, that that's the issue. I, that I, is I, the issue. That's the issue. And, and because and 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 also to Cordell. George Pickens is probably the best player that they have available. They didn't have their starting tight end out there. They don't have Deontay Johnson out there. So why are you why are you putting that on a single matchup? Why are you not giving Marlon, who is just coming back from a foot injury, zero help? Zero help. I'm not oh, even going to blame Marlon on that one. Because I game. don't know how healthy Marlon is, quite right. frankly. Right. But ultimately, I love Mike McDonald, and I think for the most part, he the, the the defense did what they could. Sure. Um, but that came at the very that mistake, that mental mistake that he made mm-hmm. came at the very, very wrong time against a player that of all people on that team, you needed to make sure two people was on at that moment. Yeah, I I, I like I said, that that was very wink ass. That that, yeah. that was very wink ass. And and it's like it's not like the Ravens weren't getting any pressure on Kenny Pickett at all in that game. I mean, they sacked him three times. They hit him quite a bit. I I just didn't understand the logic at that time to send the house, especially when you're that, uh, is that much, I don't know. I I just didn't like that. I mean, George Pickens has beat them in the past off that same type of play. Didn't he beat Marlon Humphrey a couple times last year off some deep ball one-on-ones? I mean, he has that matchup right there. That that's clearly Pickens has that matchup. He has the size over him. Uh, you could argue he's probably got the speed over him. And then you combine that with Marlon's first game back with a foot issue. I mean, if you rewatch that play, it looks like kind of at the end. Of, granted, Marlon probably realizes all right, Pickens is about to score, but it just looks like Marlon kind of comes up a little limp on that play on, on the back end. So it's. It, it's just not usually what we see from McDonald to leave his guys on an island like that, especially one like Marlon. Like, hey, this may sound crazy, but I wouldn't have minded if if uh, Brandon Stevens is the one over. Like, Stevens has been good all year. He played yeah. well yesterday as well. Yep. Also, so look, go give the give the kid a chance. Give him a chance. He's got the size to run with him. He's got the speed too. Um. I, I just didn't like the play call. That that was really my thing. To to leave them on an island at that point in the game, 
force those dudes to have to earn every yard. I agree. They haven't done anything offensively all day. All <laughs> year. All but, year. All and, year. Yet, and yet you Honestly, gave them an opportunity. I, I, I just don't know why you would open the door for a mistake, for, for something like that to happen. Um, it's it was just a, a bad a, a bad moment for that play call and and they got burned. <clears throat> I completely agree with that. Um, I, you know, and that's to me the biggest blip on defense, right? I mean, uh -huh. again, I thought that they did as well as they could considering, but ultimately that's a huge mistake that you make um, in that situation, and it cost them um, big in terms of you know what happened down the stretch. So. Um, I, I just don't have too much complaints about this defense. This was an offensive um, meltdown. Uh, and I understand why Lamar was frustrated. He should be frustrated. Um, he did everything that he could in terms of throwing the ball right. And, um, you know, he, he already mentioned, like, we don't expect them to drop passes. Hey, no one does. Nobody expects um, guys, like I said, to get that get paid to drop passes. Um, you know, and so it's just very frustrating because you see the talent here on this team. You you see the potential of what they can be, and then they'll have flubs like this where it's just very, very frustrating. So um, you hope that they can find a way to recover from that um, very quickly. By the way, they are already um, en route to London to play the Titans because they said they don't want to be like the Buffalo Bills who got right. there on Friday and ended up losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars because I don't even understand why you thought that was a good idea, Sean McDermott. But that's not the team we're talking about here. Um, I think the Ravens learned from the last time when they right. went to London um, that it's probably best for them to try to get more adjusted to the time. And the Titans, although they lost on Sunday, I mean, they, they're not a bad football team either. They still got Derrick Henry. They got DeAndre Hopkins, who I think has – over 100 receiving yeah. yards yesterday. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily get easier. Derrick Henry is still one of the top running backs in this league, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins feels like he's done some good things for the Titans. Um, so it, 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 it doesn't get easier from that. And then they get to Detroit the following week, who's, you know, playing well right now. So. Yeah, um, and honestly, I, I, I got some more tomatoes to throw because – Go ahead, let's go. Keep going. The, the the special team the punt the punt unit has been a huge Achilles heel for the Ravens this year. I mean we're not used to special teams being a sore spot for this team, but the punt unit has been got downright awful this year. The now I will team. say Stout has been better this year than he had than he right. was last year. It's, it's but more everybody so else the around it. Yeah. The, the coverage, they've given up some big returns. They've had yep. penalties. They had the punt block yesterday yep. for the safety. I mean. It's been an every week thing at this point to where something negative has happened with this special teams unit, and I think I, I think that's a, uh, a as about a big of a sign as you can look for that the Ravens have been their own worst enemy this year. They've really been their own worst enemy. You look at the two games that they've lost, both of them they look downright terrible in, and both of them they had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. And you look at special teams being an issue for them, that's not that's not Ravens football. I was watching um I was watching a Sunday night football game uh and post game they were talking about the Patriots and uh Rodney Harrison had some very strong things to say about Bill Belichick and how he thinks he's basically is kind of done uh right now or losing the team. But what he said was that and 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 Coach Dungy said it as well 
they're seeing things they're not watching Patriots football. It's not the Patriot way. They're seeing a lot of self, you know, a, a lot of problems happen within the game that are self-inflicted. They're undisciplined. They're having problems on special teams. And a lot of the things that they were saying were some of the same things that I feel like I feel about this Ravens team at times. Like when they're good, they've been good. But when they've been bad, it's like they're dealing with issues that we're not used to talking about. We're talking about beating themselves in the most important time of, of the game. We're talking about special team issues. We're talking about guys on this offensive line who have been studs for them, not coming through for them. We're talking about them dropping, what, seven, eight passes in a game where they hadn't dropped any passes all year. It's just too many times we're seeing the Ravens beat themselves. And that's, we like I said before, we're used to seeing them play ugly, but that's their, that's kind of their formula a little bit to, to win ugly at times. Yeah, This is not winning football that we're watching. Yeah. This is just downright ugly. This is this is just ugly, and I'm seeing a Ravens team that is content is content on trying to give the game away and basically hope that the other team wants it less than they do. That that that's what it looks like. I, I just I'm I guess I'm just more so disappointed that going to Pittsburgh of all places, I'm sitting here saying that the Ravens didn't look like they were ready to play. I, that's just not something that I think I've ever said about a John Harbaugh led team. <laughs> well, again, it ain't like nothing's gonna happen to him. You mentioned Bill Belichick, that's one thing, but right. um, the Ravens are still um they're tied to first place now with the Steelers. They have two and one record division, a uh, divisional record. So it's not like that, that he's really going anywhere. And these are things that obviously are correctable things, right? And can be fixed. So it really just depends on how this team finishes. But honestly, I have no idea how this team finishes because they could be as good as 12 and 5 to me, and then they could probably be as bad as 8 and 9. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what to expect from this team because they just cannot seem to get together consistently from the offensive side of the ball. And their schedule does not get easier. So that's the hard part about it. Um, and so letting a game like this go is just it hurts because you know that you're the better team and you just did not capitalize off of the things that you should have. So it will definitely be interesting to see how they deal with this type of adversity moving forward. So again, you know, we'll talk about this more this week, but the Ravens are heading to London um, so they can get prepared for the Tennessee Titans. Something you wanted to add, Cordell? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, not much else. I mean, yeah, they got this Titans matchup in London. We'll see how that goes. These London games have been weird. So I, I really don't have a Paul. I mean, it's not, it's not easy enough to just say, Oh yeah, the Ravens are better than the Titans. They're going to win. Like the Ravens have shown that they're going, that they can lose to inferior teams. And I said this after the Colts game, I just get a little bit of a vibe also that they're punching down, that they're, they're playing down to the, to the level of their competition. Yep. I mean, you, you see them, even in the Texans win, they weren't granted that's week one. It is what it is. They go to Cincinnati. They look really good against Cincinnati. They go to the Browns when it's going, they're hyped up to go play the number one defense in the league. It just seems like if they're not really extra, if there's no extra motivation there to go out and, and, play against a, a another team that's playing well it just seems like you're going to get a lackluster performance so that's a little a little worrisome for me right now with them going up against the titans team that really hasn't done much this year 
Yeah, agree. So we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully they can find a way to uh, actually catch some passes this weekend and do some defending on uh, Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins as well. Uh, Ravens fall to the Steelers 17-10. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you later on in the week. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.